I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. I am talking with uh, Michael O'Brien today, and we are going to be talking about meditation and relaxation, which is all the things we need. And it's very, very um, convenient for my personal uh, life to do this uh, episode right now. So we'll dive into that too. And before I bring Michael on, I will let you know a little bit about him. So uh, breathe in and breathe out. It's time for the stress to be less and uh, pause, breathe and reflect with Michael O'Brien. Michael is a qualified meditation teacher, executive coach, endurance athlete, and creator of the Pause, Breathe, Reflect Meditation and Relaxation app. He loves helping people accomplish hard things through mindfulness. He's a survivor of a horrific near-death cycling accident that he calls his last bad day and recently rode his bicycle across America. He has shared his personal transformational last bad day um, AKA near death cycling accident, uh, story and leadership advice with fortune 500 companies at TEDx talks and with an entrepreneur fast company, real simple ABC and NBC. Please welcome Michael O'Brien to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thanks Heather. Good to see you. So I've been looking forward to this all day long. So it's good to sit down and take a moment together just to come back to our breath and slow everything down with all the chaos that's happening in the world nowadays and also in our personal lives. So it's good to be with you. I'm so excited that this was on my calendar for today because I am in the middle of coordinating moves. We just came off spring break. It's been very like craziness. And so the move is the last part of all the things. And so then I can hopefully just have a nice, fresh go. And so this is great. Um, and before we do dive in, I'm going to ask you my favorite, well, it's my only, uh, icebreaker question, which is what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? So this was such a tough question to come up with a clear answer. Cause I knew you were going to like pop this one to me. And I was like, gosh, how to choose. So there's a chocolate chip oatmeal cookie that goes back to my mom that uh, is so good. And my wife actually makes those cookies. She only makes two things that my mom used to cook for me. Applesauce cake and this chocolate chip oatmeal cookie. Applesauce cake is like my cake. Probably a different podcast about cake, not cookies. <laughs> but I'm also a big fan of a molasses cookie and a peanut butter cookie. Yeah. I like because I know like peanut butter is like your little bit of your jam. So it is. It is. I, so for the answer today, for the answer today to get us off on the right foot, I'm going to go with peanut butter because a good peanut butter cookie, there ain't nothing like it. It may be paired with a glass of chocolate milk. Ooh, yes. So you get a little bit of like you get the milk and cookie thing going on. 
but you also get the Reese's peanut butter cup, chocolate and peanut butter thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's a pretty, I think that's a pretty awesome sauce combo. I am peanut butter is anything peanut butter, honestly, and coffee flavored too. Not so much coffee. Cause I don't actually drink that to like wake up, but I just like the taste, but like peanut butter cookies, if there's a, it's soft, it, I can't choose between that and chocolate chip. Typically it's hard. It's hard. It's but really hard. Peanut butter cookies are not great. No, no, those, not. those aren't really great, but like the peanut butter cookie I'm thinking of that image I have, you have to have the fork marks, right? You make the cookie and then you take the fork and you put the fork in the cookie and then you put it in again, it makes a little bit of an X or a cross. So it needs to have that texture mark in the peanut butter cookie. For me, that that's the real deal. So, but yeah, so we're today I'm going with peanut butter cookie paired with chocolate milk. That's my, All right. that's my I jam. like it. All right. I love it. So <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you for that. And thanks for, I mean, you listened to the podcast, you knew what I was going to ask and you did your homework. I love it. And that makes me proud that you're like, you know, you came with a good one. I love it. Um, so where are you in the, in the country and tell us a little bit about I'm right. Yeah. I'm right outside of New York city in New Jersey, the garden state gets yeah. a bad rap, but it actually it's a pretty cool state. I'm not from here. Originally, I grew up in upstate New York went to school in Virginia, landed in DC, and then up to New Jersey. The former corporate gig moved us up here. So that's where I am. We've been here for longer than I ever thought we would be. Uh, so, and then what keeps me occupied, much like you mentioned in my intros, I'm an avid cyclist, but professionally, I do executive coaching. So I help leaders lead better. I do some speaking about my accident, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit. And then also a meditation teacher, because I, I I believe this moment in time that we're all living through, like the big kerfuffle chaos, calls for us to slow down and come back to our breath and just really be thoughtful about how we're showing up and what kind of ripple we're putting out into the world. I think the world would just be a kinder, more peaceful place if we could do that and we can still get a whole bunch of stuff done. Like I, I'm a big believer that if we just slow it down just a bit, we can get more stuff done without all the drama. Sure. I mean, I've the ripple effect, like you said, like I've noticed when you're calmer, everyone feeds off of each other's energy. And so if you're anxious or you're mad, like in your pop it, you can feel it popping off everyone's going to feel that and feel uncomfortable. And then they get into their zone. Right. And so when I have like my three little kids running around, I try, try to stay calm and try to, ooh, usa, but you know, they'll feed off of that. And there's a lot of reasons why like teachers will use quiet voices because it's like, they'll take their voices down. Doesn't work for me like a teacher, but I do understand the theory. So just, you know, trying to, to push that out. So, um, I do understand that for sure. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a big, yeah, it's a big thing. Like just like our energy has a huge ripple effect, right? So if we're mindful of our vibe, then we can, if we want to, uh, switch it up a bit, you know, just sort of shift our energy just a bit. Cause if we're feeling all gunky inside, that ripples out. But if we feel some goodness inside or some calm, 
that also ripples out. Absolutely. And so you mentioned corporate gig brought you over to New Jersey. And so what were you doing? And then how did this, you get into the, the meditation part? Yeah. So I was a marketing director for uh, a healthcare company, a pharmaceutical company. So I was in charge of our biggest drug, a drug for Alzheimer's disease, disease called Aricep way back in the day. So I had a pretty like cool gig. And so that my accident happened in 2001. And that was really the door that opened through the recovery into mindfulness. So the accident was out in New Mexico. I got hit head on by a Ford Explorer riding my bike. Our girls were three and a half years old at the time, seven months old um, as well. And our whole world got turned upside down. And the doctors told my wife when she arrived in Albuquerque, they're like, we don't know how your husband survived. Had he been 10 years older or not healthy, he would have died before he got to the hospital because Heather, I broke a whole bunch of everything. I lacerated the femoral artery of my left leg. I was, wow. I lost a ton of blood. I was in ICU for close to five days. And through the recovery, I started off like really ang angry, bitter, revengeful, as you know, one can imagine. But there was something that told me like I had to like heal my mind in order to heal my body. It, to to make the progress I, I wanted to make. Um, I was terrified through the first part of my recovery because my whole identity just got shattered by that Ford Explorer. I didn't really know who I was going to become because the doctors told me, listen, you're probably going to walk with some trouble. You'll, you'll probably never ride your bike again. You'll have a lifetime of last surgeries and a lot of dependency. And so as a human, I looked at myself, part of my identity was provider to, for my family, a leader at work, uh, athlete, and all that stuff I felt got like tossed away. And I had to start from scratch, but start from scratch from a, a deficit because I, I felt that was so broken. So one morning in the hospital, after I had this big aha, that okay, you got to heal your mind in order to heal your body. I scooted out of my hospital bed into my wheelchair. I found a quiet spot in the hospital and I did a box breathing pattern, which is a really easy, just count to five or count to four. Uh, as you inhale, hold for four, breathe out for four, hold for four, simple. It was just a way for me to slow down and sort of just set my intentions for the day, how I wanted to show up, like what was gonna be my energy for the day. Back then in 2001, I knew nothing about mindfulness, except I thought it was pe like people from California did that stuff. Like right, it was right. like, it was like, it's not serious. It's like, it's stuff. like woo -woo. It's, it's hippy dippy woo woo <laughs> stuff. Like people who eat granola and grape nuts for breakfast, like who does that? And it certainly, it, it totally violated the values I thought I needed to have as a corporate executive. I was like, mm -hmm. I'm not doing that stuff because that's going to make you soft. Right. But, Especially when you're like but, in the grind. Yeah. Yeah. You're like you're going like, you know, like you're hustling and grinding it. There's no, you know, fast you're pace. hustling. Yeah. A fast pace. You got to make things happen. You got to do it yesterday. That type of thing. Like the whole idea of slowing down, coming back to your breath was like, uh-uh. Cost too much we, money. We ain't gonna, <laughs> yeah. Like we're not going to play that game. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
So I called these little breaks. So the, I did the first one. I was like, okay, I'm feeling good about the day. I had a good day. So I did it again the next day and then the next day. And I called these breaks my pause, breathe, reflect breaks because I paused a bit, came back to my breath. And then I just reflected on what I was grateful for, reflected on how I wanted to show up. And I thought it was cute because as an acronym, it was PBR, which everyone in the States would say, well, that's Pap's Blue Ribbon. And so I would say, I need a PBR break. And people thought I needed to get, you know, get my packs on. And I was like, well, no, no, no. Like, and so that was the beginning of my mindfulness meditation practice. And then fast forward through 20, 21 years, further study, uh, further practice, doing different ways of meditating, learning from different teachers, and then eventually becoming a meditation teacher myself and then coming out with my app. It's just become part of my life. It's part of how I do things. And I really do think like this moment in time with all the crazy that's happening, we could all, 8 billion of us on this planet could use a moment just to slow the, you know, down and just breathe and reflect a little bit about how we want to show up so we can hear and see and appreciate each other more than we are currently doing. Uh, Mm Because we're just rushing so quickly, sort of like hamsters on hamster wheels, thinking we just got to like chase our happiness. And I, what I share with people is like, that's not the only way of living. There's a better way. If you slow down a bit, it'll help you go faster. 100% because you make less mistakes. You can think clearly. You can be more, you know, just better vision. And I mean, how great is it now that there are these apps out, especially like yours? Because we, I mean, we all have a little computer in our pocket now. And that actually becomes something where you kind of, you want to disengage from it. I've now started taking my watch off and taking my my phone and putting it aside when like I'm done with like dinner because I want to be present for my kids' bedtime. I also notice if I'm I'm not present or I'm, you know, it takes them longer to relax. And so trying to be there, but having that mindful, um, the calm app that I, I used, um, a few years ago to just get to sleep. Cause I was having a very hard time sleeping with all the stress, um, and some PTSD that I was experiencing at home. It helped calm the, the, the sheer thought of listening to a sleep story. I was like, it's a bedtime story for adults. Like, this is dumb. Like, no, I'm not going to like let some woman talk and read me a story about the little, I think I used a little mermaid because I just liked her voice. And it was very, there wasn't a lot to it at that time. And I was like, she's going to just read me a story. And I'm okay. And I was out sleeping three minutes because I could just listen and calm and relax. And it was a game changer. And so now being able to use an app on your phone, when you're in those chaotic times, or you do finally like, oh, this would be a good time to just take a break. It's there to help guide you because not everyone can go to a meditation class or um, I don't have time. I I can't go sit in a yoga class for an hour. Like I cannot shut it down. I feel like, again, I'm, I'm trying to slow down, but I'm like, I could get so many more things done, like nails, getting my hair done, getting my nails done or anything kind of like that. I have to sit just like, I hate laundry because I have to sit and do it. I feel like that's so much time wasted. 
I could do so many more things or multitask, but my hands are busy. So I can't even like email, you know, and it's nice to have that. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. It's like, but that's so like, so real. Like it's like when, who, who has not too many people have time to go to a meditation retreat, you know, and spirit rock or go to a yoga studio. So my feeling is with my philosophy is there a whole bunch of parents that I've spoken to, business people that I've spoken to, moms, when they hear about meditation, they're like, yeah, I get it. It sounds like great, but I don't have 10 minutes in the morning to do this. Like, I don't forget about an hour, Heather. Like, I don't even have 10 minutes in the morning because it's like so chaotic to get the kids off to school. I'm barely like getting through that. So my philosophy is like, cool. We're not going to add another thing to your morning routine. And I'm not going to suggest that you should just wake up like 15 minutes earlier because yeah, that's the other thing. And so know, like, always get, wake up earlier. Like, no. Yeah. 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 You're like, you're like, um, pardon me, but like, I'm not sleeping enough as it is. I can't wake up 15 minutes earlier. It's not so simple. It might be simple for you. And Hey, if it is congratulations, but I'm not morning I person for all... getting up. Yeah. yeah. Stuff, like, and... so, yeah, as I say in New York, forget about it. You know, like, so my feeling is, I bet if you don't have 10 minutes in the morning, awesome, pretty, pretty normal, pretty human. I bet you have 10 moments during the day where you have a minute. So that could be in line at Starbucks. It could be in the car waiting for a carpool pickup. It could be in between meetings. So my feeling is like micro doses of mindfulness. You, that you just take a minute. So give me 10 one minute increments throughout the day. And hey, if one day you get 10 minutes in the morning, that's awesome. But my feeling is I've met a whole bunch of people who come to me and say, oh yeah, I do yoga in the morning. I do meditation in the morning, but by 2 p.m. it's sort of like a hot mess. Like they don't take their yoga practice off the mat and weave it into their lives, or they don't take their meditation practice off the cushion, as we say, and weave it into their lives. So my feeling is let's cut this down to like one, two, three minute practices and do more of them throughout the day. So when you have a moment where it gets really crazy, because we've all been there, like we, we get stressed, there's so much going on and our kids do something and then we snap at our kids, right? We, we, we yell at our kids and then it's like, whoa, shame spiral. Like they like cry, yeah. we feel like crap, like we're a horrible parent. And so that feeling stays with us for the next couple hours, if not the rest of the day. So my feeling is like, let's just like work on finding ways to like slow down, come back to your breath. What's called for now? Like, how do I wanna show up next? So when that moment comes, when our kids do something that just like sets us off, we can go with the flow a little bit better. We still might, we might still snap at them, but maybe the intensity is muted a bit. So it's not mm -hmm. so like so much. Right. And then we just get better at it over time. So my philosophy with pause, breathe, reflect is small doses of practice throughout the day, as opposed to this big chunk of time in the morning or this big chunk of time at night because most of the people I hang with don't have that time. Right. And I love the fact that you are, I mean, that's a really great way of 
breaking it up, it's like, yeah, you can be mindful because you can, it's hard for someone to say, yeah, I have 10 minutes. No, they're going to say, I don't have that time, but it's, they can't say no, that they don't have one minute and, and right. Like even the bathroom, like, well, I'll be honest. I don't really, when my children are home, they don't let me even leave to go like throw a piece of trash away. Um, but we're working on the, on those separation, uh, pieces, but like, I have a minute in my car when I'm, you know, waiting for them to get picked up or when I get home from drop-off, it's quiet. And so you can always find one minute and breaking that up 10 small minutes, I think is a genius way of selling the idea to anybody. This is like, yeah, you do, you know? Yeah. I think we all do like, yeah. Standing in line at like, you mentioned the bathroom, there's actually a meditation on the app to to do while you're on the toilet so it's like it's like a it's a minute or two minutes and it's just like all right this is my time i'm gonna shut the door i'm just gonna all right do my business and then i'm just gonna breathe it helps do your business then too relax you yeah it relaxes everything absolutely absolutely (laughs) or like when you're taking a shower or brushing your teeth or washing the dishes like all these life moments i try to have fun with it you know because i think sometimes meditation can get so serious like everyone's talking in like hushed tones and it's very there, there's a way like you you see it on instagram everyone's sitting cross-legged and umming and which is cool that is a way to do this or sometimes but they're in a feeling, chair all comfy with a candle and their book and yeah, i'm like yeah, no it's yeah, not I yeah no there's it's not it's not the case it's like that's not real life so my feeling is that if you're at the airport or in Midtown Manhattan or at home or wherever you may be or on an airplane, you can always come back to your breath. Like our breath is our body's regulator and it helps slow things down. So we can lower our heart rate, you know, our blood pressure lowers and we can just be more thoughtful. And I think that's the big thing that I want to invite people into is a more thoughtful, intentional way of living because the stress is going to happen, right? The waves of the ocean still come, but we can learn how to surf and just handle our moments with a little bit more calm and thoughtfulness. And then we start to change our relationship with our stressful moments. And then things get a little bit easier, but they never get easy because you know what? In life, life with being a parent, you have three kids. I have two daughters. It's it's crazy sometimes, and you you wonder if it's ever going to end, right? So it's and so you got to figure out a way to like get through the moments, but hopefully in a healthy way. A lot of times we manage our stress in this country with maladaptive ways. You know, it's yeah. you know it's it's snuggling up to our favorite Americans, Ben and Jerry, or having an extra glass of wine, or other ways of Overexercising pain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah over exercising or like doing the 24 seven overworking as a way to like mask the pain or the, the hurt that we feel. And so sometimes exercise in the work looks like really good, healthy ways, but it's really, it can be unhealthy ways. So I want to give people a healthy way to deal with their stress. So you can you can be generative and healthy 
which then sends a good ripple to your kids and everyone else in your life. Right. Because we always go back to, at least with parents and as moms and dads is we can't be our best selves if we're not taking care of us. And, um, I was actually just on, on Instagram earlier this morning, um, which is rare these days. I actually don't have time. I used to be on it all the time. Now it's, it, it's nice. Cause I'm not on it all the time, but at, cause I don't feel like I'm missing anything really too, too much, but I was reading, I was on there today and I saw this thing that was like, um, you know, moms always put themselves, you know, put themselves last, blah, blah, blah. And it was the, I can't remember the show of it, but the, the mom came back and said, well, no, I fully support airplanes. They always say to put your mask on first before you help your child. It was something like that. And it was like, we have to put our mask on and we have to be okay in order to be able to help others, whether that be parents, employer, whatever. And you have to it's not selfish. It's just a way of showing up so you can show up for others. Absolutely. I think one of the big things that's leading to all the burnout we feel is that we are putting everyone in front of ourselves. We're not putting our, our own oxygen mask on first. We're going around trying to like save everyone else and we're forgetting about ourselves. I think some of that is driven by the fact that we don't feel like we're worthy to put our oxygen mask on first. And I'd say to everyone listening, as like, as a human, you're worthy to do that. Like there's worthiness there that we have to take care of ourselves. If we do take care of ourselves, then to your point, Heather, we're, we're in a better position to care for the people in our lives that we love the most, the things that matter most. I think we've gotten a little like out of whack over the last several years. Just, you know, part of it is the over hustle Part of it has been the crazy pandemic. And I think we have a moment now to say, okay, let's, hey, welcome 2023. Let's reset, you know, control, alt, delete, or reboot, or however you do it, and just say, okay, there's a different way I want to live after going through what we've gone through. And I just want to, I'm not going to stop because the people I talk to love to get stuff done. I'm just going to slow down just a bit and I'm going to, find a way to be a better role model to my kids. I'll share with my kids how to do this because our kids have these moments too at school. Oh yeah. And hopefully we can all be a little bit calmer. Yeah. Yeah. And this is also showing your kids how to model behavior too. It's very important that we create the environment that we want them to know that we can talk about it all day. We can talk about what we should think you should do, or this is what you should do or how you should act. But if you're not practicing it, you're not doing it, then they're just going to be like, well, you're not. So why should I? Because you say you're doing it, but you're not doing it. So if we also set those boundaries, like right now, currently, I'm having a very difficult time getting my seven-year-old to bed. She's got separation anxiety disorder, which has stemmed from um, some of the things that she's experienced and I'm her attachment figure. And it's been elevated recently for a few months and we work with it and then it gets better. And then something, something changes or factor life happens. And so she won't let me leave her room or she'll come out over and over and over. And she's seven. Can't medicate her. Can't give her lost wine. You can't give her anything to ease the, ease it. Right. And you just have to just 
But after the, I would say, 25th time I've said goodnight, I love you, and yes, because that's what I have to do the scripts, I am like done. Because, and I get that she can't understand it, but it's like, I am ready to go take my time. I said, I always try to say to her, like, mommy's time starts at nine or 9.30, depending on how, sometimes it'll be 10.30, I'm done with her. And it's like, personally, I have to have a full hour. It's weird. My time clock, it's like, it'll know when it's been an hour and my body will wind down. I'm like, okay, now I go to bed. It could be one in the morning. I still have to have my time to just decompress from working and parenting and going through making sure that my daughter's going to go to bed and then anticipation of her to come back out. And then so trying to tell her like, this is mom's time that you're now getting into and mommy needs to be okay. If you know, you want me to be happy mommy in the morning not monster mommy because mommy is not a morning person already. <laughs> so, you know, it's like one of those things. So trying to set those boundaries and intentions, but also try to give her some breathing exercises. We've talked to that and we try to do that, but she likes the the tapping on my phone, like on my watch. I've done this, the sleep stories with her. They work for a little while, but just trying to show her some tools and also let her know like, mommy needs a break too. Like, do you think mommy's tired? Yes. But she doesn't care sometimes. She's like, well, I just can't, but we work through it. But setting that boundary, like, you know, where I'll be, I will be in the living room. I'll be here taking mommy time, you know, take care of the dogs. They need to go to bed, you know, and just uh, voicing that and setting boundaries and expectations. Eventually she'll get it. Um, but if you're just like, always accessible all the time or not at least voicing the fact that you need a break and just saying guys mom's tired I'm gonna go take two minutes they don't let me take two minutes but I'm like I need two minutes and walk away it just shows and models it for you for them I completely agree with that Heather I think you know we we went through that with our oldest daughter the whole like she's at we think she's down for bed and then she'll come out like I can't sleep I'm scared and then we go back up again and it really does test your patience. Yeah. But over time, like now my girls are 25 and 21. I will say this to parents like yourself that have young kids, you'll get through this moment. Like this moment too shall pass. But to your point earlier, and this is something I really didn't pick up like right away. Cause again, when I got injured, when I had my accident, my girls were three and a half old. L was three and a half, Grady was seven months. And I didn't fully appreciate how much they were paying attention to me and my wife. So the whole concept of what we talk about, but then is that in alignment with how we show up and what we do? Ooh, they are paying really close attention to us. And they're really they're picking up cues from us. That's how a lot of, that's how kids learn, right? Before there's language, like, Hey, what do, what do the alphas in the household do? Yeah. And they so watch for everything. Us, everything. Yeah. They watch everything. And we, we, we don't think they're paying attention, but let me just say they're paying attention. And so we have this opportunity not to, you know, invite guilt or shame or any other emotion into the mix it's more about like moving forward now we have an opportunity to say okay 
now there's a maybe a better way of showing up. Let me practice some of this stuff and be that type of role model that I wish to be for my kids and other people in my lives, uh, in my life, and really find a way to slow down. I think, again, a healthier for everyone. If we just took a little bit more time, it saves us a whole bunch of time at the end of the day, because we don't, to your point earlier, we don't make mistakes. We don't like lose our way. So yeah, that whole like walk our talk thing as parents is so real. And I wish someone shared that with me when we first had children. Uh, we learned it a little bit the hard way as we went through all of this, but um, it was a good lesson to learn nevertheless. And now I try to pass it on to other parents. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, that's my goal too, is to, they, they, my kids are very young and I, at the beginning of my journey was trying to make it work because you think, you know, the kids, the kids, the kids, but then you, when you are able to take a step back. So when I like went into therapy and just started to just try and work on really where I was, and I really got an outside perspective because you finally get to take a minute and you're like, oh, this is what's happening. Um, you think, okay, I don't want them to feel like, see this stuff. I don't want, so now I need to actually remove them from this situation because I need them to understand what a healthy environment is, because this will be all that they know unless they go to other people's houses, but this is what they will know. And this is what we're modeling. And if it's not something I want them to know of, I can't expect them to be like, well, don't do this even though this is what you've seen this is how you've grown up and this is how you see your parents interacting or how, whatever, don't do that. This is how, but they don't know there's no example and they will pick that stuff up. And so just even the act of making the change, they will eventually recognize being like, okay, they made the change because this was not okay. She told me this was not okay. And now I'm seeing that we're not doing it anymore. And we're fixing it. And so they are just so, I mean, you think like my, my oldest is going to, my youngest is going to be six. And I was at the time it was very young. And I was like, yeah, he's too young. There's things that come out that are still coming out in his therapy sessions or just even conversations with me. And I'm just like, you were three and you're remembering this. I don't know if it's his memory or maybe his, his, his siblings talking, but you sit there and you think, God, like I, you feel guilty, but then you're like, I'm so glad I at least did it now Then 10 years from now when you're like then hearing, like, I wish my parents was like, I wish this. Right. So I stopped working out the past couple of months because I've just been so busy and I just haven't had the bandwidth and with all intentions of getting back when I get back in my routine. But my youngest again was like, are you going to work out? Cause they see my computer. I'm like, no. And he's like, you're <laughs> that wild. And I'm like, I know. And he starts like, well, you want to work out right now? I'm like, I love to, I, but he would notice and, and points it out. And he's just like, well, can I do it with you? So they see everything we're doing. They'll mimic, they'll, you know, so with the mindfulness also just having that is a first really good step. And, um, they pick up on cues. Like they know if I'm in a grumpy mood, like my son actually had an aha moment the other day, he's packing the house which I'm packing this whole house by myself. They, they try asking a child to pack something like, that is this? crazy. I haven't seen this in 
six months. This is now my new toy. I'm like, no, that was donate pile. <laughs> you know, but absolutely. Right? Yeah. That's crazy to do so the whole, my- whole thing by yourself is nuts. Oh yeah. I don't, it's hard. I've been, I've been packing for months, preparing, knowing it's going to happen. And so I pack and then they unpack the boxes and I look at them. I'm like, you see a box and it's taped. Don't touch it. It's coming. You just got to go find something else, please. But he was helping me put some um, trash in a bag because my back, I have spinal issues. And if a lot of bending and twisting, I've had two spinal surgeries um, at very young age as well. When I couldn't walk, I had to learn I had staph infection complications. It's very hard on your mind when it takes, I was an athlete and it strips you of just everything. You're like, now what you hear the doctors, but the doctors don't really know. They just, they're giving you their prognosis. But I was like, can you just help me put the trash in the bag? And at night I was like, thank you for the help. When I at, and he goes, so, and I couldn't really move up and down. My back was really stiff. And he goes, your back's hurting. I said, yeah. Remember mom's part robot. Yeah. He goes, Oh, that's why you were asking me to help you with the trash. I said, yeah, because your back started to hurt. I said, yeah, because you've been packing all day. I said, yeah. And I'm tired and I hurt. He goes, Oh, well, I'll start helping you more. It's like, ding, 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 ding. Wow. That's a big moment. Hey, a parenting win right there. That's awesome. Such a win. We'll see if it happens. But the fact he took it in and said it and he recognized it because at first he's like, he walked up and he's like, can I give you a hug? Or do you not really feel like one right now? And I was like, I will always take a hug. He's like, well, you're just a little crabby. I said, well, I'm tired. I'm busy. And y'all are not doing what I'm asking you to. So yeah, but I'll always take a hug. It always calms you down. And he's like, oh, okay. He goes, oh, that's why your back was hurting. And that's why you asked me to do the trash. I said, yeah. So I didn't have to bend and pick it up. And he's like, oh, got it. It was great. It was like, it's clicks. It clicks. It clicks. Hey, the first step in all this, Heather, is awareness. Like nothing changes without awareness and mindfulness is a practice that can help you expand your awareness so that moment that aha we celebrate his awareness because he was picking up on your vibe and your hurt and the whole thing and like what a what a mensch as we would say in new york to like even ask hey mom you want a hug as opposed to just like coming in a a pure gentleman right and then with that awareness then we can get to action but we got to get to awareness first and we celebrate awareness and then with some good fortune and maybe, you know, more work and more parenting, we can make that awareness ripple into some action and we're off to the races, hopefully. Yeah. I said, that. I said, if you become, and you don't want to parent, parenticize your oldest is what they say, because you don't want to make them feel like they're taking care of anybody, but you do. So it's a very fine line to say, be an example for your brother and sister because you're the oldest, but you don't want to put that on them. But at the same time, it's like, we'll show them what you've discovered or like you figured this out, share that with them because this is what, so, so trying not to make it as a responsibility of showing it to him because he's not a parent, but you know, and to be a good example, but to share it and trying to, but that's a whole nother story, but trying to practice what you preach or, or be a good example. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your app. So what's in the app? How can our listeners get it? Um, you were very, very generous to share that with me, which I'm very excited to dive into more, especially around now. 
Yeah, it's perfect for people who have to move with three kids. Like I made it for for women who have to move with three kids. So and a whole bunch of other humans. So uh, so the best way to get it Apple Store or Google Play. So in it we have some breathwork patterns which are great for kids. So that box breathing pattern that started this whole thing for me is in there. Uh, so that's really cool because the kids, like kids can use it as a counting game, you know, because mm-hmm. you count, you know, breathing in two, three, four, hold two, three, four. So it gives them a way to sort of, you know, connect with something and a little math involved and who doesn't love math, right? So the box breathing is great. And that's a good one to use with ourselves, but for our children, when we, when we want to develop greater focus, because that's a good focus practice. So there's some breathwork patterns in there. Uh, it's an international app. So I have, I have a great guy in Ukraine that built those for me. So, so I think about him and what he's doing in his life and with his family living in Ukraine. And so then there's a whole bunch of one minute practices, those quick, you know, quick wins throughout the day, two minute practices, three, and then we have a daily practice that's five minutes a day. And then some longer practices for those that have a little bit more time. So we have the practice. There's usually a question of reflection, something to think about. And, and then we also do a live practice throughout the week. So this is something different than most other apps out there. So my feeling is like, we got our phone and we can do the meditation whenever we want. Now that we have pause, breathe, reflect on the app, but there's a whole bunch of people out there that really want a sense of community. Like there's something that happens when we practice mindfulness together. Like when we're you know, it's like watching a Taylor Swift concert, right? So going to see Taylor in concert is an experience. If you're lucky enough to experience that, tickets a little bit hard on this tour. So that experience being in the arena with her and all her fans is so much different than live streaming it, right? Yes. Completely different energy. experience. Yeah. It's the energy, right? I think meditation is similar. Right. So meditate like live streaming Taylor, still pretty cool, still awesome because she's awesome. So meditation via your phone, via the app, really awesome. But something happens when we come together and we practice together. So mm-hmm. I do a practice Monday through Friday to help at different times in the day to help people really have a sense of community, a sense of belonging, because I think we in general, many of us out there feel isolated we might feel lonely and we you know have a have a community where we can gather and and learn from one another and just support each other so it's pretty cool so so we have the live practices throughout the week and then we have one two three four one two three five and ten plus minute practices again bite-sized pieces small little ripples that hopefully lead to bigger waves and i package it I think aesthetically in a very calming way, what people tell me all the time is as soon as I open the app, I feel like the stress rolling off my shoulders. I just feel calmer. You know, it's just, it's a really cool way that we invite people into the app and just really connect with their breath, connect with nature. And so, yeah, it's, 
for me, it's a passion project. It's, it's one of the reasons why I feel I survived my accident is to bring the power of our breath, the power of mindfulness to people today, because I think we, we so need it today, whether we're a parent or not, uh, just as a human, I think we have this great opportunity to slow down and really connect with ourselves so we can connect with each other a little bit better and stop some of this divisiveness that's occurring. Because after it's all said and done, like we, we sort of all want the same things. We want a happy life. We yeah. might see the world a little bit differently and how we get there, but wherever I have traveled, people want to be happy. And I believe this app can help people get a little bit happier. Amazing. And thank you so much for sharing that with the listeners and with me. And I will be also reporting back on, on how it, it is because I, it, it's very much, I have a plan and part and things don't go like I like there's things that get thrown at you and you just can only control what you can and trying to just take that minute to slow down. And so um, I appreciate you being on the show and sharing this with us and um, please come back and uh, you know, and, and be here again. And this was wonderful. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me, Heather. So yeah, next time I come back, I promise I'll bring the peanut butter cookies. Like, well, then like send me some too, that. though. So then when we do this yeah, on Zoom, right. we have to share yeah. them. I will so, watch it. So, so I'm going to send you the cookies next time we sit down. Like we can <laughs> you know, play with the app for a bit. We'll come back. We'll talk further about all this good stuff. So we'll get the chocolate milk on. We'll get some peanut butter cookies. And then we'll have like a crumb fest as we have another conversation. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. And to the listeners, check out the app uh, and it'll all be on the show notes It's in the list of all the things. And please reach out to both of us. If you take something away, we, we both will love to hear from you and um, practice mindfulness. Remember to slow down. And uh, thank you for listening to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.